All right, welcome back, everybody. We have Michael Walker in the house today. Uh, Mike is, he's a director over at ETS North Metro. He, uh, he trained at ETS when he was trying to play professional football and he ended up getting a shot with the Vikings, did training camp with them and didn't quite pan out, but he learned some awesome things from that experience and kind of was with the ETS brand ever since. He spent some time out in California developing and you can tell he's jacked. He's very in tune with his sports performance and you know body and training. So we, talk, we dive into a lot of different things with Mike, but he's really found a passion and you know, he loves what he's doing. And Mike is just, if you know Mike, man, he's just, you know, a little lightning spark to be around. He's hes a funny dude and uh, just a really good time to be around. So let's get right into it. We got Michael Walker. Let's go. No. Nope. Sundays are our free days. Sundays off? Yeah. So when you're rocking normally, what's the schedule like? Um, during the school year, it's a little bit different than the summer. Um, I mean, the, the summers are obviously when things ramp up, kids got more free time. We've got the college athletes back home. Um, and it's usually, you know, if you've got teams in the morning, you could go from 6am to, you know, 8pm. Jeez, you know, dude. You know, they're definitely long days. You've got some breaks in between, um, you know, kind of at noon to two, um, that's some free time. But other than that, you're rocking, man. You've got, like I said, your teams that you're training. You've got your individual athletes, the college athletes, um, trying to schedule meetings. You know, it's 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 a lot of work, but it's it's a blast, dude. You got to live it, and I mean, you're living yeah. the ETS brand. It's a yeah. lifestyle. It it's is. you, man. It is. It's it's something. You know, kind of when I started, you know, training back in in 2014. You know, obviously I got to know Ryan pretty well. Um, and then, you know, his passion just kind of exuberates out. And it's it's one of those things that I looked at kind of once I was done with my career. Um, I was like, wow, you know, he's 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 doing it. Yeah. You know, um, you know, working with athletes, you know, his passion for what he did and it it drew me in. Um and like I said, it's it's you know, every single day I wake up excited to get it start to get the day started and it's it's uh, it's definitely something that if you're not passionate about, you're gonna get burnt out. But it's you know, like I said, every single day I wake up ready to go. So that's what it's about, man. You gotta get up and get ready to attack. Yeah, have to. Yep, exactly. I got to see Ryan. I mean, he reached out to me when I was it was 2011, uh, my senior year. Mm-hmm. You know, and we James and I, my brother, started training there. So yeah. I got to see him with his first gym. Yep. And I got the Ryan Engelberg experience. Yep. And just to see his growth, man, it's amazing. But I could have told you just the way he is mm-hmm. and the way that he interacts with people. Like, you could just tell that something special is going to come out of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, because, you know, he talks about when he got things started back in, you know, 2010 is when that first gym opened. Um and kind of looking in hindsight to where we're at today, you know, 12, 13 facilities what? In, yeah, <laughs> in 10 years, it's unbelievable. But, you know, if, if you knew him back then, you know, there was a, there was a vision, there was a plan and, you know, it's, you know, I wouldn't say it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, he's, he's exactly where, you know, his, his plan was set to be. Mm. Um, so it's awesome to see. And like I said, it's, it's awesome to be a part of it. And uh, like I say, we, you know, we say this all the time is that, you know, we're just getting started. 
We're just getting started. Yeah. You always got to look forward, right? Yeah, exactly. My uh, my dad just my it's actually my birthday tomorrow. Yeah, and, yeah. Happy early birthday, baby. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Um, but my dad just gave me this awesome note, and it's actually right back here. It says, uh, "Dream a dream, set a goal, and never give up." It's just kind of that same mindset, man. Yeah. Never give up. Keep moving forward. Absolutely. And it's you know when you look at life, there has to be a big picture. Um. You know, it's easy to kind of get into the monotony of the day-to-day that you kind of forget about the big picture. Um, and absolutely, I mean, that's that's kind of how, you know, I look back of, of where, you know, where I came to where I am today. And it started with a dream. Um, and obviously, you know, that dream as a little kid was to play in the NFL, right? Mm. You know, pr- pr- uh, play professional sports because... My first love was actually basketball, but you know I kind of stopped my growth at five ten, and that's, uh, that, <laughs> yes. that cut that down pretty quick. But no, I excelled. I excelled on the football field, and um, you know that dream took me to places that you know I never imagined. You know, playing college football, you know, you know having some opportunities to to potentially play professionally, but you know going down those avenues, I was able to see you know different sectors of the professional side, you know, the, the business side of things. Um, and that's, you know, what inevitably led me being to where I'm at today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a process. All right, well, let's get into it. What's up, everyone? We have, uh, the Mr. Mike Walker in the house. What up, Mike? Not much, man. I appreciate you having me on. This is, this is a a gift, um, you know, what you're doing and I'm, I'm, you know, I appreciate you having me. Dude, it's an honor to have you here, buddy. We go way back to St. Cloud State. And the good old days. That's when I met you, man. And I really wanted to have you on because you are always smiling. Like, I mean, (laughs) we all go through our stuff and you were a hell of a competitor. But, dude, every time I saw you, this good vibe about you. It was always a good time to be around Mike Walker, man. So let's just get into, uh, you know, we play football together at St. Cloud State. Um, You know, what do you enjoy most about college ball at SCSU? Um, You know, it's it's one of those things is... You know, obviously, team sports is the camaraderie piece. Um, you know, I met some of my best friends up there. Met you know a ton of good people, um, and just the experience of of being able to be on a you know group of guys that you know that same same mission, same passion, um, working towards the same goal, and that's just obviously you know with any sport. Um, being you know, like I said, I met met a lot of my best friends. You know, I've been in been in some of my teammates' weddings. Um, and that's and that's what's really you know those memories that stand out for me. Yeah, I feel like especially lately, that's just been the key theme. It's just those relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, just hanging with the guys. Yeah. I know for me, I didn't enjoy football as much the last few years at St. Thomas, but yeah. just hanging out with the team, man, always going to remember those times. Yeah, absolutely. Because you look back and you know you remember some games. You remember you know maybe something that happened in practice, but you know those things that really last is those relationships, and that's and that's really what it's about. Yeah, I mean, and the run, was it our senior year that we went on that long run? Yep, yep, that was 2013, senior year. That was, that was a good run. Dude, that was, was that the game, was that the year where you beat UMD on that last second touchdown? No, so that was actually uh, junior year. That was junior yep, year. Yep, that was junior year. Woo! Yep, I've still got that game ball. Um, yeah, that was that was uh, one of those memories that's definitely going to last. I mean, for people who don't know what happened, because UMD was our rival. Yep. I mean, Duluth, yep. we got to bust them up. What happened in that last play in that game? Um, yeah, so I want to say there was like three or four seconds left. Um, you know, we were on our own 15 or 20 yard line heading into the end zone. Um, and you know, coach called a pass play and it actually turned into a, to kind of a broken 
play, I was supposed to stay in and pass pro. Um, you know, I had my guy blocked up, mm. and I turned around and I saw Phil was kind of scrambling. So you know, I released my guy, swung out to the right. Phil scrambled over, found me, um, kind of opened in the flat, and I uh, I found my way into the end zone. Oh. And time with yep, time time expired, and uh, it was one of those things that you know the the the, uh, the team you know kind of rushed the field and you know met me in the end zone, and it's. It's, you know, I get the goosebumps kind of talking about it. Cause that's, like I said, that's one of those once in a lifetime experiences. That's dude. That's one of my favorite memories. I remember it, the walk off touchdown. Yeah. I was right there on the sideline. Yeah. I remember you catching it and getting <laughs> in there. And, For oh, sure. Dude, that was an awesome season we had with those guys. It man. was, it was, we had a lot of fun. We had, you know, we had some good teams throughout the years. Um, and you know, it's obviously too bad seeing that the program kind of folded. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, that's, yeah, we had, we had some good runs and, a lot of talent, you know, great coaches, and it was a fun time. Well, that's a rabbit hole in itself going down to what happened with St. Cloud State and the football mm-hmm. program. It really yeah. is kind of too bad, especially as, you know, an alumni, but, yeah. you know, life happens, and you kind of could almost sense that coming. Yeah, because, I mean, back in 2010, I don't think you were there yet. Uh, that was actually my my freshman year. We had a referendum pass because talks had, you know, kind of stirred up about cutting the program. Mm. Um, and we're like, well, you know, what are you talking about? I just got here. Um, <laughs> like I said, we had that referendum passed and then obviously kind of looking in hindsight, it was, you know, a bandaid fix yeah. and it, you know, obviously something that was kind of inevitable, inevitable that, uh, unfortunately had to take place. But what do you do? Yeah. What do you do? I mean, we had some good come out of it for sure for us, which is nice. Uh, we had those awesome experiences, but mm-hmm. then you got the shot of playing pro ball, man. Yeah. What the heck? So you just started training. I mean, I remember watching you thinking this guy could definitely do it. Yeah. And then, you know, you train and you got kind of a shot with the Vikings. Talk through that experience. Yeah, no, I, uh, it was, it was cool. Cause you know, coming from D2, you know, there's not many guys that, you know, kind of get a shot or, you know, you never really have that, that hype coming out of the, the college experience that, uh, you know, I'm going to go pray play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but my senior year, I remember, uh, you know, Coach Underwood saying, you know, Michael, you've got, you know, some pretty good measurables. Like, you know, I had good size, good speed, you know, strong. Um, so he, you know, he talked to a few coaches or, you know, scouts or whatever. <clears throat> and, um, you know, that's kind of when I thought about it. I was like, yeah, you know what? Why not? You know, it was, it was like I said, it was always my dream. But, um, you know, having, you know, Coach say, you know, you've got some some good good things going on. Um, you know, I really, really committed to it um, after my senior year. Um, like I said, this is this is kind of when I got my first introduction to ETS and, and meeting Ryan. Um, that's when I did my training before my pro day. Um, and yeah, like I said, I, I, I tested fairly well at my my pro day. My numbers were pretty good. Um, and yeah, I got my shots. Uh, I got invited to mini camp with the Vikings and um, like I said, it's an it's an unreal experience just to be able to step out on the field. I remember walking in first day, seeing you know my name on a locker, you know mm. my 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 last name on a helmet, you know so putting, cool. that, putting that jersey on, and it's it's very uh, it's a surreal moment, but you know it's one of those things. It's 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 a job interview, right? Yeah. Um, but I definitely felt that I uh, I belonged there. Um, obviously, it's you know one of the one of the toughest job interviews that uh, you can have, in a sense. Yeah. And, well, uh, so you said you, you've always had the dream, of course. Yeah. And then when Coach said, you know, Mike, you can do this. Yeah. Was there a point, you know, along that journey, all the way up to training camp, where you were like, all right, dude, I belong here. Like, this is, I can really make this happen. Yeah. No, I think, 
if you don't have confidence in yourself, you know, what are you doing it for anyways? Right. Um, and, you know, I was always confident in my abilities. And um, from from a testing standpoint, you know, I knew I had some good speed. You know, I could jump. So, you know, the, the, the numbers that they grabbed from pro days, I knew I'd, I'd test well. Yeah. Um, which kind of that's what led to my shot in a sense because I don't think too many, like I said, too many scouts really saw my film or, you know, seen any kind of film until they saw my numbers. And that's when they kind of go back looking like, oh, okay. And that's, you know, that's when I started getting some calls from from teams, you know, after mm-hmm. my pro day. Um, I want to say there was five or six teams that I talked to, which, you know, it's, it's I think back to those memories. And I remember looking at my phone and seeing numbers from, you know, numbers that I didn't know. And it's, you know, I answer and it's, hey, this is so-and-so with the New England Patriots. What? This is so-and-so with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm like, oh my gosh. All right. Yeah. And that's when... It's real. Yeah, it, it really was. And it's it's one of those things I look back at and like, you know, I'm not... I didn't, you know, I've never made a team, um, which I have no regrets because like I said, I gave it my all. But, you know, I tasted that dream that I was chasing for so long. And it's and it's pretty cool to to look back and, and say, you know, I did it. I tried and I've got no regrets. So yeah, you look very content and happy with yeah, your experience. Yep. Um, you, you we were talking off the air the other day about you know your experience with the pro day, mm-hmm. and you were just saying how important that was. Because yeah. then they went back and looked at your film yep. after you kind of put up the numbers and measurables. And this was a cool story. I mean, you had hamstring problems, and you kind of yeah. battled through it. I mean, yep. what happened? Kind of a freak freak thing. Um, I ended up pulling my hamstring running my my forty. Um, it was my second attempt at the pro day. At the pro day. Um, you know, I knew it, it felt like I got shot in, in the leg. Um, (laughs) but luckily it happened at like the, uh, the 30, 30 yard mark. So I was already, you know, full speed and I was able to kind of just coast through. Um, but yeah, I looked down, you know, when I got back to the starting line, it was black and blue. Um, yep. It was, wasn't good. Didn't feel good. But like I said, it's kind of in hindsight, should I have shut it down? Probably. I'm not sure how things would have turned out. Cause like I said, that's, that's your one shot to, so you did the rest of the pro day on a like messed up hamstring. Yep. Me up on a blown, blown wheel. How um, hard was that? It was tough. Cause I knew, I mean, you know, your performance drops. Right. Um, and you just don't feel like you're bursting out of any kind of cuts and it was painful. Yeah. Um, but like I said, you mentally kind of get into a different headspace saying, you know, this is your shot push through. Um, but, you know, physically, I was, I was, I was uh, feeling it, but it is what it is. Well, dude, that's an amazing story. Shows the <clears throat> fortitude and mindset. I mean, what an easy excuse or what you know, just mm-hmm. to say, but to power through that, even knowing your numbers are going to drop. Yeah, that's pretty damn cool. Dude. Yeah. Um, you said, I mean, because they bring in like forty people, and only yep. like three get to go after the forty, right? Yeah. So how it worked is, so you have to get invited to the pro day. So it was at the University of Minnesota. Um, so all of the golfer players were there. Um, so all of, obviously, they got to go through the whole wor- uh, workout. But they brought in about 30 or 40, I don't remember the number of, um, you know, local guys that were in the region, um, you know, but still had to get an invite. So I'm sure some guys from St. John's came down. And then obviously, the NSIC had a good number of, of players there. Um, and then, you know, what they said is everyone's going to get their chance to run 240s. And then we're going to pick, you know, we're going to see who, who we want to see for the rest of the workout. Dang. So of those 30 to 40 athletes that ran, you know, there was myself and two other athletes that they wanted to keep around. And I was like, well, here we go. I got I got to go through it. You got it. 
Dude, that's crazy how yep. the process like people's whole futures and their entire lives opportunities on this. And right. it's like 240s. Yeah, and it's because you look at you know you know Jack Morrow for instance, you know he had a heck of a college career, two-time all-American, I believe. So good. Yeah, um, you know, interception record at St. Cloud um and then based off of 140, you know, Scott's were like, "Yeah, we don't want to see you anymore." And it's and it's one of those things that's it's too bad, but it's just kind of how it's been, how much stock is put into your numbers. Because you even think about the elite, you know, D1 college athletes. You know, it could be the number four ranked cornerback in, the, in, you know, in college football. If he runs a 4-6, a his stock just dropped, regardless of what he did on the field. Absolutely. Right? It's just wild. Yep. It's funny you bring up Jad Morrow. He's such a gamer, man. I f- yeah. he's, he was oh, yeah. so good. He was. And, and, and like I said, he didn't have, you know, maybe the the best physical attributes, you know, not the fastest, not the biggest, not the strongest, whatever it may be, but, um, you know, he was smart and he could bait quarterbacks into throwing the ball and, you know, he was right there. Yeah. So what do you feel like you did well? Um, I know you said you had the kind of the measurables, mm-hmm. but like with your training and kind of leading up, what do you think, you know, made you successful in football and gave you those opportunities? Um, I think I did everything, you know, fairly well. I don't think I had any weak spots, you know, I caught the ball well, um, you know, I was, you know, had, you know, pretty good vision. Um, and, you know, one of the things that a lot of running backs don't, you know, I don't want to say pride themselves on, but, you know, pass pro is, is a huge thing, especially in the college football world. And then obviously going into professionals, if you can't, you know, pass pro, you're a liability out there. And I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was fairly good at kind of, you know, everything, um, and not, not to, you know, boast myself but yeah. I, just, I just feel like I didn't have too many weak spots um and like I said you know the 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 measurables on top of that you know yeah is there I mean you had the opportunities and stuff is there anything you going back because I know that you said you know you're pretty happy with it mm-hmm. you felt like you put it all your all into mm-hmm. it is there anything you maybe would have done differently or now that you know as you've grown in training and stuff that maybe would have helped you yeah, um, I think nutrition is such a big piece that was overlooked, you know, during mm-hmm. that time. Um, you know, I was young. I didn't have necessarily the the people around me saying, you know, nutrition is huge, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and in hindsight, you know, nutrition is one of the biggest things when it comes to performance. Um, Preaching to the choir here. Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. you know, you know, yeah. absolutely. Like nutrition and sleep and, um, you know, the things that you do outside of the weight room are just as important as what you do in the weight room. Um but other than that, you know, I think I, I actually have had, uh, you know, lower back problems through my career. Um, and it wasn't until I got to college that they finally found out what the, the problem was. And it's a spondylolisthesis, which is a, a slipped L5 vertebrae. Okay. Can you say that again for me? Yeah, it's, it's a spondylolisthesis. Okay. Um, and essentially my L5 is just permanently slipped forward. Okay. Um, which causes a sway in the lower back. And... Um, you know, I went to a chiropractor and he's just like, yeah, you know, there's not too much we can do. You know, you just shouldn't lift heavy. Um, which, uh, if you guys don't see Mike, this dude is <laughs> jacked. He's a big voice. I don't think he's been listening to that. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't take that to heart. <laughs> um, but, um, it actually wasn't until recently I was out in California and I'm sure we'll kind of dive into that, but I saw a physical therapist out there, um, just cause I actually, got to the point where it was excruciating. I actually wasn't able to get out of the couch. Um, so I went to this physical therapist and he's like, yeah, you know, you've got your spondy. That's a little bit easier to say. So you got your spondy fracture, um, but this is what we can do for it. 
and then he essentially retaught me how to squat. Really? Um, yep. So and what did you do? Yeah, what did you do? So essentially, it's just staying into a neutral, neutral uh, pelvic position. So keep my hips tucked underneath me. Okay, yeah. And if you would have looked at my squat before, you wouldn't have necessarily seen it from a naked eye, from an untrained eye, I guess. Um, and I even, you know, recorded myself and my squat looked, you know, pretty good. So like um, exaggerating, it would be like arched would be the opposite of the complete neutral. If it was yep. super arched. Yep. So if you got your chest super puffed up and then your butt sticks out. Okay. In yeah. A sense. Okay. Um, you know, that's kind of my natural position with where my back is. Right. So, you know, going into an anterior to, or excuse me, a posterior tilt where, you know, I'm more neutral. That's, you know, I have to do that consciously to stay neutral. Um, and I, you know, retaught myself how to squat, you know, I've, it's, it's weird. Cause like I said, I'm, you know, 28 and, and teaching myself how to squat again. Yeah. Um, but it's unbelievable how much more I feel my body engage when I do these exercises. Um, and I think like right now I'm almost in my peak condition in terms of, you know, my, my physical, you know, ability. Um, cause I can still, you know, I can run, jump and I feel How's the back pain now? Oh, I don't feel it at all. I haven't had any issues. Are you serious? Yeah, it's unreal. Dude, that's amazing. And similarly, uh, when I used to golf, I used to always have back pain really bad. Mm -hmm. Now, my nutrition changed. I did some routines like pliability. I really got foam rolling yeah. into it and stuff like that. But I also, the last like, two years, have really focused on changing the way I engage my core mm -hmm. when yeah. I'm set up or right. lifting, yep. especially lifting. And I, yeah. have, I was probably way, way more than you. Like, but you know what I mean? Just... <laughs> yep. So much load on my back. Yeah. So that's funny that you say that and just like, and obviously all in your training, I'm sure yep. just like that engagement, it's such a different switch. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's because, I mean, your core is the base of, you know, how your body functions right. um, and keeping that kinetic chain engaged is, you know, if you don't have your core engaged, you're, you're losing out. Um, so yeah, absolutely. And it's, like I said, I, I know so much more now than I did back when I was in college um, that, you know. Again, in hindsight, had I done some things different, I think, you know, my body would have been you know, a little bit more resilient. But like I said, it's it is what it is. You live, you learn, and that's just life. And you grow, man. You, you got to keep moving forward and learn. That's awesome what you say. I mean, you train for to play in the NFL, and you say you're in better shape now, yeah. which is pretty dang cool. <laughs> <There you> up. <laughs> um, where do you feel like? Because for those who don't know, Mike is a director of performance at ETS. What location is it again? Uh, the North Metro facility, which is up in Coon Rapids. Coon Rapids. All yep. right. All the young athletes out there listening, you better get over there. Yep. Yep. Come, come see working. me. Come see me. But as a performance director um, and just kind of training, I mean, you have your NASM certification, you're well versed, you've been in a weight room your mm -hmm. whole life. Where do you feel like you've grown the most, maybe since college and your training knowledge or some of the main things? Oh, man. Um, and that's one of those things, like, I'm just, I'm an advocate of learning, continuing education. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, in my free time, that's almost a hobby of mine, is, you know, I'll pick up strength and conditioning books. And, you know, I love to read, um, you know, even just Instagram's got so much good content out there. Obviously, it's got a lot of bad content. Yeah. Um, you can follow some great people. You can, up. exactly. Um and just my knowledge has grown exponentially from, from you know, like I said, when I was in college. Is there any, like, books or any pieces of content that you think have really helped you? Um, you know, obviously getting my, my NASM cert, you know, you kind of get foundational knowledge, but a lot of that I already knew. Mm -hmm. um, and gosh, I can't, I can't even think of a lot of the, the strength and conditioning books that I, you know, I, I've read through, um, you know, the, the CSCS manual is a lot of 
lot of great information in there. Um, I'm not certified. I just haven't taken the test, but, you know, I've read through that book, you know, a number of times, but, um, you know, I, I do a lot of a following of um, other coaches in the industry um, that kind of think outside the box. And, and Paul Favorites, he's actually a NBA um, specialist. He trains with um, a lot of college athletes that are they're getting into the NBA, a lot of NBA, like right now. Um, I know James Harden um, is one of his main clients. Okay. And like I said, just kind of thinks outside of the box um, in – you know, just very creative and has a, a different, different outlook on performance versus kind of the, the old West Side barbell. You know, Louis yeah. Simmons take on things. Um, like, core, what's that? Oh, sorry. Like, what kind of things are you know different, or well, what just, kind of do you like? Well, he really breaks down, um, you know, training specific to basketball, um, and you know, from the foot stability uh, and ankle mobility stability. Um, and then just the jump angles that basketball players, you know, go through. And, um, you know, it's cool to see, you know, I never would have thought of doing an isometric pull from, you know, jump angle of, you know, it's like 130 degrees of knee bend where, you know, you know, typically, you know, we do isometrics for, you know, tendon health, um, you know, motor unit recruitment, but seeing how he does those things in a different, you know, to, to elicit a different response is, is pretty cool. Um, and just, just thinking outside the box, and another one that I think of is uh, uh, Corey Schlesinger. He's the Phoenix Suns strength and conditioning coach. Okay. Um, and I want to say he was previously at Stanford, and I was listening to a podcast where he was talking about how he has his basketball players, um, you know, the first thing they do is go into the wrestling room. What? Uh, yeah. And he essentially, you know, he has them just, you know, sit on the ground and says, okay, you know, get up without using your, your hands. In a sense, he's just, you know, learning some mobility things, where are the limitations at. Um, and then he says he does, like, tumbling things with them. And I'm like, well, you know, why? <laughs> and, and, you know, these 6'10 six, six, guys. Basketball you know, players. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. You know, their bodies aren't like mine, you know, you know, 5'10". Um, <laughs> yeah. A little bit stockier. And, you know, just hearing the why behind, you know, why these guys do their things, um, it's very creative. And like I said, I think it's very progressive to kind of that old school mentality of strength and conditioning. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I like to pick and pull and, and experiment. And it's it's cool to, again, be able to look at, you know, these guys that, it, you know, do what they do kind of from a, um, you know, outside perspective. Um, and I think just like for training, the sport specific thing is so important. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you actually need to do? What are these lifts impacting right. you as an athlete? Like yeah. at your position, with right. the movements you need to do. And just for the average person, like, is your training making your life better or is it making your back hurt all day? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, are you able to do the things you want to do and feel better and more confident? Mm-hmm. Um, because I think when it comes to the base of strength and conditioning, there's a lot of movements that you know, across the spectrum of sports are going to be relatable. Um, and you need to be strong in certain positions. And that's why, you know, you squat, you bench, you need to get your standard lifts. Yep. You get your standard lifts, you know, you do bilateral work, unilateral work, um, and being strong in those areas is definitely important. And I don't think there needs to be too much variance when it comes to other sports, just because again, if you hit those bases, your, your performance is going to improve. Um, and that's when, Unfortunately, you look at, you know, Instagram and social media and you see these wild and outrageous, 
you know, um, exercises. Yeah, ball, doing bozo crazy ball stuff. doing a, you know, blinded, you know, whatever yeah. maybe kettlebell squat. I'm like, what? What? First off, what are you doing, and why? Yeah, <laughs> and you're gonna get hurt. Right. <laughs> and that's and that's you know, unfortunate kind of in in our industry is is social media and what looks cool. Unfortunately, kind of takes precedence to you know the science behind you know exercising and and performance, but you know you you battle through it. You kind of help athletes. You know you you pass along knowledge to you know hopefully you know steer athletes away from that stuff um, because, like I said, it's it's a science. It's yeah. not just what looks cool, right? And then just doing it the right way too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we said like you engage your core and everything change. I mean, how much do you stress that to the athletes? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the foundation is built first. You know, if, if you can't show me a body weight squat, you know, with good form, we're not going to have you put a barbell on your back. Yeah. Um, and it's funny, you know, we'll have high school athletes come in that have been, you know, weightlifting for four or five years. And, you know, we come in for the evaluation. And I'm like, oh my gosh you've really been back squatting for four or five years like this. Oh my gosh. Um, and you know, it's, you know, an ego kick to the ego a little bit when you tell, you know, 18 year old football player, you, you know, we're not going to have you back squat, but Especially he's like, one who's probably pretty good. Exactly. Right. Yeah. But he's like, coach, you know, I, I back squat, you know, 450 pounds. I'm not going to like, okay, but this is why, you know, explaining the why to these athletes is important just so they understand, okay, you know, that maybe there is some reason why I shouldn't be doing this. Um, but showing them obviously goes a lot further. Um, cause like I said, form is, it's so important to what we do. And like I said, if you're not engaging your core, um, if you're, if your chest is falling down, if your knees are caving in, you're doing a lot more harm than good. Oh my God. So many problems there. But like you said, the ego hit, I know me at 17, 18, like mm-hmm. I thought I was a man or whatever, right. and like probably couldn't squat anything. Yeah. And someone tried to tell me like, Sure, there was times where I tried to learn people I respected, but mm-hmm. how important is that connection to be able to actually like reach these people, you know? Yeah, and it and it starts with, you know, the no like trust memoir. Um Oh, that's know. interesting. Explain yeah. That. So you you know, you, obviously you meet these athletes, they 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 have to know you first, kind of know who you are, what you're doing, they have to like you. Um, because if they don't like you, they're not gonna, you know, care about what you say, you know, they're not gonna take it to heart and then they have to trust you. Um, and once they trust you, that's when they're going to buy into what you're telling them. Um, and that's when they're going to really, you know, commit to what you're saying. And that's when you're going to see the results. No like trust. Yep, yep. I like that. Yeah. I mean that, and that's something with Ryan that I thought was so powerful training at ETS is like, I just felt like he cared so much and the relationship mm-hmm. was so strong. Like I would have listened to anything he said right? because I believed in him so yep. much. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's, you know, the foundation of who we are as a company in a sense, you know, Every single one of the directors at all of our locations, you know, started at the bottom. You know, you kind of start out as an intern, go into some kind of a team director role and then hop into a director role. And it's, you know, we learn, you know, a lot from Ryan, um, you know, where where his heart is at first, um, because like I said, that's kind of the base of where this, you know, ETS starts from, you know, his values. um, And that's where you know, we have such synergy across all of our facilities is, you know, you know, you know, like trust us. Um, you know, we know what we're talking about and then we care, you know, yeah. immensely about every single one of the athletes from our, you know, our eight year old, you know, Tommy that, you know, can't, can barely walk without, you know, tripping over his feet all the way up <laughs> to, you know, our professional level athletes. It's the same amount of care to, to each athlete. And it's, 
you know, it's something that we pride ourselves on and it's, you know, a testament to what Ryan has built essentially. And I mean, getting great directors like you, I mean, and like, you know, Jake Kirsch and mm-hmm. Gabe, my buddy Gabe Boyce, yeah. I mean, you guys just live the lifestyle and building that brand. How do you, cause obviously social media, I mean, you're building that like and trust and the mm-hmm. validity every day yeah. you know, people are following you and stuff. But when you first get an athlete come through the doors, you know, what kind of things other than, I mean, just being yourself, what, what kind of the process there to really kind of build the brand up with them? Um, yeah, like I said, it starts with yourself and it's, you know, I'm a very personal guy, I think. Um, <laughs> and, you know, getting them to just like you first off is, is the biggest thing. Um, you know, keeping it easy, keeping it light. Um, but breaking it down into, you know, layman's terms of why we do what we do. How is this going to directly affect you as an athlete? You know, why we have to work on these certain things. And, you know, we look at the deficiencies of every single athlete individually. Uh, Like we don't have cookie cutter programs. Um, And that's when, you know, you make those connections individually to each athlete. And I think that's important, um, you know, because they want to be treated as an individual versus just a number. Um, So when I've got, you know, a volleyball player that comes in, she doesn't want to, you know, come in thinking that she's going to be lifting like a football player or whatever it may be. You know what I'm saying? For sure. And I think you guys, like you're saying, you explain things to them Mm -hmm. and there's so much power in just being open and honest. Mm -hmm. There's no fluff there. Yeah. Like you believe what you believe. Yep. Absolutely. And, um, uh, you know, there's, there's never any fluff. And it's funny that you say that because that's one of Ryan's favorite, favorite (laughs) terms is, you know, it's, we're, you know, we're no fluff. Yeah. No fluff. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and you, I mean, obviously you know him, um, but it's true. Like, you know, we're, we're not going to tell you what you want to hear. You know, we're going to keep it, keep it a hundred with you. Um, and I think that's important. And that goes along with, you know, gaining an athlete's trust. And like I said, you know, coming back to, you've got a 17 year old or an 18 year old college or, you know, football player that's been lifting for so long, you know, they don't want to hear stuff sometimes, but if you break it down to them, that's when you gain that trust yes. and then they believe in, believe in what you're saying. And, you know, they're going to commit to, you know, bettering themselves. And that's with anything like mm-hmm. the more, the validity and the trust of what you're saying and doing is like one of the most important things to, you know, have people follow you. Mm-hmm. I think like for me, like when I see other people posting stuff about nutrition, whatever it is, and there's a lot of garbage out there, especially on Instagram Tons of and stuff like, Tons yeah. And training. Oh my God. The world yeah. of training is wild. <laughs> but like most of the time I still appreciate those people's, but they're trying to do the right thing. I mean, mo- there's some that are maybe just doing it to get attention, mm-hmm. but you know, a lot of people maybe are just trying their best. They don't know what the heck's going right. on. And I appreciate them doing that. And what it also does is it gets people interested and it builds awareness around what you're doing. And then they can come to your brand mm-hmm. and they find somebody that trusts you. Mm-hmm. So it's building interest in the right thing. But then it also helps you build trust and validity because you're honest and, you know, you're knowledgeable and you're doing it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, like I said, it's it's one of those things that it's unfortunate that there's a lot of bad information out there because obviously nobody posts anything with the intent of, I know this doesn't work, yeah. but I'm going to put it out there because it looks cool. Like they obviously think that there's some value in it. Right. Um, but that's just, you know, when it comes to knowledge and again, the science and practicality behind, you know, training, um, you know, we stand on our core principles of it's knowledge based. It's not just experience, you know, experiment with this and that, and it looks cool. And, you know, this could potentially have some, some value to it. Right. Um, but it's again, it comes down to that no like trust. If if you know, know these athletes, 
I don't know. I love the no like trust thing. Yeah. Yeah, you have to build the trust, man. It's uh it's really important. Um what what's your favorite part of the job? Your director, you you live the gym. I know we were yeah. talking about it earlier there all the day. Yeah. You get to influence young athletes and stuff. What do you really enjoy? Yeah, and and it's it really is that piece. I love, you know, working with athletes and it's, you know, I was so passionate about sports growing up and that was, you know, 24 seven. That's what I did. You know, if I wasn't at practice, I was in the gym. If I wasn't in the gym, I was shooting hoops, you know, whatever it may be. Didn't matter the year or the, the, the time of the year, the sport that I was in, I was finding a way to do something. Um, and being able to pass that passion on, you know, to these athletes that were, you know, they're at that place that I was, you know, years ago. Um, you know, and being able, being able to be that motivation and inspiration that they may need. Because um, I look at, you know, you know my time growing up and, and the people that, you know, I found influence in. And, um, you know, the, the, the fact that I'm able to pass that on now, it's it's what, you know, I kind of feel is my purpose. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, like I said, every every single morning I wake up motivated. You know, I'm excited to work with these athletes because I know that they're coming in they have they have that want to get better and I can be, you know, an engine for them. You know, I can be the, the rhyme and reason, you know, the, an outlet for them in a sense. Um, and, and that's really what I, you know, look forward to every single day. That passion is contagious, it bro. Is. Yeah. Like, yeah. And when you come into the gym excited, yep. like those athletes feed off they that, do. man. They do. And it's, and it's funny because... You know, they come in and they're like, how do you have this much energy every single day? And I'm like, this is, you know, I love this, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they come in like, well, you know, you know, I'm always yelling every, every single athlete that comes in. I'm, you know, you know, what's up, Johnny? Yo, good to see you. And they're like, yes. you know, hey. <laughs> they're like, whoa, what's yeah, up, Yeah, right, exactly. And it's, and it's just, you know, it's, it's needed. If you don't have that energy for what you do, why are you doing it? Dude, 100% agree. Like, all down in Florida, I'll walk into, you know, we, we wake up for the golf course really early. Mm-hmm. So we open up the golf course, you know, it's 6 a.m. in the morning. And yeah. I'm, you know, you're working with five other people. And I'm like, let's go. Let's yep. have a day. I might yep. have went to the gym earlier. I'm fired oh, yeah. up, feeling good. And everyone's like, dude, <laughs> shut the hell up. Right, like, like it's 6 a.m. Chill out. Yeah, chill out. Which maybe they have a little bit of a point to it. But for sure. you got to love it. Like, you do. And some of them are just not happy to be there. Like, oh, shit, I got to work again. Yep. It's like, bro, go do something else. Like, exactly. Millions of things you can be doing. No one's making you be here. No one's making you can find a ways to make money doing For something sure. if you don't like it. So yep. dude, yeah, I love that. Because yeah. it's infectious. And then you pick up, you know, the other people that have that energy. They yep. flow off. Exactly. It. They pick up on it and that's you know, it's those days, you know, the athletes, I mean, even myself, there's days that you don't want to be there, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, in a sense, fake it till you make it. You to put that smile on, you almost boost yourself up in a sense. Um but, you know, maybe an athlete had a long day at school, whatever. Maybe they broke up with their girlfriend, whatever. You know, they come in, they see your smiling face, they feel your energy. They're like, okay, here we go. I'm in it now. Let's go. Yeah, and it can almost be an escape for them. Exactly. That's, exactly. I think we've all had the gym be that place for us at some point. Oh, yeah. And it's, you know, um, there's so many stories that, that you know, Ryan has told of, of parents, um, you know, explaining to him how, you know, ETS is their outlet. You know, they mm-hmm. look forward to every single day. You know, that's their safe zone in a sense. Um, in uh, kind of a little bit of a, a longer story, but Ryan was saying he was, him and his wife were at dinner one one uh, evening and, you know, the waitress came up. She saw the ETS and then she was like, oh, you know, my son trains there. And then Ryan was like, yeah, that's, you know, I'm, I'm the founder of, of you know, ETS. Um, I'm Ryan Engelbert. 
And then he said that, you know, she broke down in tears, you know, right there at dinner, um, right in front of him. And then she essentially went into to explaining how, um, you know, ETS has changed her son's life. Um, wow. Yeah. And it's, you know, he, you know, he wasn't good at school, but, you know, she started to see his grades kind of pick up and just, you know, the influence of being around positivity, positive people um, and being in that environment of, of people working together towards a common goal of, of just being better. Because um, like I said, we, we, we look to build athletes, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're looking to instill some characteristic traits that are going to make better people um, and things that are going to last long beyond a playing career. Dude, that's uh, amazing. That's yeah. so powerful, it man. Is, it and is. It makes a difference. And I've been there too. Like, just that change and that right. shift when you can get in that environment, yep. man. That's really an awesome story. And, yeah. You know, for me, it's I'll get some messages sometimes. You know, you throw out a post or someone's listening to the podcast and or they you know read an article and they're like, hey, this uh, really made a difference. Yeah. Like, you know, something shifted for me or that yep. really changed my energy. And I'm just. Like that hits me different. Right? Like it's like no, it's wow for sure, that's, for sure. Because I mean, your energy on on social media is always outrageous, and it's and it's infectious. Like I said, it's it's motivating, and you may not know who you're touching. Exactly. Um, yeah, because I mean, I've you know I've gotten those messages as well, just saying, hey, you know, your workouts, you know, thanks for posting these. You know, you motivated me today, and I'm like, uh, you know, awesome, sweet. Yeah, and, that's the point. Exactly. Like it's really not even about the value of the content. Yep. Maybe it's like I now you're inspired. Yeah. You know, change your day or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. And that's like I said, the the fact that we're able to, especially with social media, be able to, you know, you we don't know these people sometimes, but yeah. be able to make an impact on somebody's life that you have no idea who they are. Um, and like I said, your content is. I've obviously seen it kind of grow yeah. and, it's, and it's cool to see. Cause like I said, there's days where, you know, myself, I'm like, ah, I don't want to work out. And then I look and I see Austin's up there sweating, you know, he's in the sauna. He just got yeah. done with his work. I'm like, ah, well, here we go. Right? Gotta get it. <laughs> the power of the accountability. We have a good group. There's like probably like, you know, five to 10 people I follow who I really respect guys yeah. like you, Austin, Yoakum and stuff. Right. Like, where I'm seeing it work. Like, oh shit, I got to keep we it go, going. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but For sure. You know, People ask, there's a couple, uh, my girlfriend's friends, they'd be like, is he really that happy all the time? Mm -hmm. Like, that's got to be, you know, exhausting. Right. Is it all? And it's like, no, it's obviously not always like yeah. that. Instagram, Facebook, it's a, it's a highlight reel. It is. And yes, I do try to bring that attitude all the time, yep. but it's not. And you have to, I'm going to put that out there because I, like, w the one person I touch, I don't want them to see a down vision. Exactly. Like I, that's the energy that I'm trying to put out to the right. world. It's obviously not always like that, but I'm going to put out that, yeah, no, that vibe. Exactly. Sometimes it has to be conscious. Yeah. Right? Like, obviously, you're not walking around, you know. Screaming at people. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but, but you know, you have to be conscious of, of your mindset, you know, where you're at emotionally. Because sometimes, you know, life does get the best at you. And you're just down. But you can't walk around with that on. Because, like yeah. I said, it's infectious. I think, you know, you're, you're, you know where you're at in the day um, and how you, you present yourself you know, people see that, um, and you don't want to walk around wearing this mean mug. And yeah. like, oh, that's just a great cloud walking around, you know. And that's why, you know, you put a smile on, you know, put things behind you, and you just you keep pushing, and that's life. Dude, I've tried to become very aware. That's an amazing point because, like you said, things happen in life. And, mm -hmm. like, there was one time I was really uh, kind of upset or stressed about something that happened with golf. And then I noticed that my next interaction, it was one of my friends, I was just a little edgy. Yep. And I'm just like, and this was one of the first times I've really been aware, like, okay, mm -hmm. this is not because of what's going on here. It's 
from the past. I yeah. think we can all relate to that. We've yeah. had those moments, but every time that you can catch yourself, exactly, that's the power of awareness and it mindfulness is. or whatever. About exactly. That, so. And I think there's so much power in being mindful of, you know, where you're at mentally. Um, cause again, it, you exuberate that, you know, if, if you're walking around, you know, you're something happened yesterday and you're just not in a good mood, it's going to show that next day. Um, and if you walk around with that, like I said, Hey, you're just going to stay in that bad mood. Um, and then B, you know, people see that nobody wants to be around somebody that's negative all the time. Um, it's the worst. It is. It is right. You got to cut them out of your life. You do for sure. Um, because like I said, you're a product of your environment. And if you know, you're around negative people all the time, you're going to, you know, that's what you're going to exuberate. Um, and that's why, you know, I'm conscious of who I'm around, the people I keep in my circle. And that's something that I've really kind of grown into as I've matured and, and, you know, grown, grown through the years. And I look back and, you know, the people that I keep in contact with, you know, there's nobody that I'm like, wow, you know, that's, that's a negative person. Um, you know, the people that I keep around they're you know, they're striving to be successful. They're happy. They're, um, you know, they've got goals, you know, it's like I said, you're a product, your environment. And they say, you know, what, five people that you're, you're around. You're the average you're the, best yeah. five. Yep, yeah. exactly. And exactly. And I think I, that really is true. And I think it's, it's important to be conscious of that. Um, and like I said, cause that's essentially a product of yourself. It's so important. And like, you know, we have so many relationships, but as you grow like that, you know, you kind of grow together with people mm-hmm. and you grow in similar aspects, like whether book club or training right. and you guys just start to get the same mindset with yep. goals, but it's important to put yourselves in those environments like you're doing, mm-hmm. man, because it makes a difference. Like you said, or like we said earlier, you just don't know where that trickle down is going to touch, who's yep. going to see your content, you know, the things you're doing, who that could affect. Right. And you got to put out that best energy. You do. Every but, single day. Yeah, I want to get into your kind of journey a little bit. But I have to say, I was thinking about this last night. And there was a moment for me. I've got asked the question a decent amount of times. Like, where, you know, when was the low point for you? Like, when did you start making the change? And this wasn't the low point, but this is one of the one of the times where I felt like I was really kind of at the bottom of the way I wanted to be living my life, mm-hmm. like below the line. And me and you, we were in St. Cloud. Mm-hmm. And we went shopping and we were just, you know, we were just hanging out. It was, you know, during football season yeah. or whatever. And you would just need to pick up a shirt or shoes. So it's like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go to the mall too. And I was super into watches. Yeah. And I like wanted to get a new watch or something. And I was like, I was just super into watches, like this material <laughs> object that yeah. I do, could do not care about at all. Like right. I don't want any part of that now. And like, I wasn't in good shape. And it's like, I just remember thinking, like, at that point in my life, like, my priorities were, like, yeah. so off. And I For just sure. have this picture of me and you being in this water. Yeah. And I think, like, I remember you being like, all right, dude, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> you were being super nice and stuff. And I'm just like, wow. So that I always have that memory, man. With yeah, you. Like, wow. It's just crazy to see where, you know, we're sitting now. For just, sure. It's yeah. No, and that's funny because I do remember you always said you had a good watch collection back in college. <laughs> I was envious. You you always had some solid watches. I was like, wow, dude, I need to get a watch here. <laughs> <laughs> no, and it, and I think you know being aware, like I said, you know, you maybe were into some materialistic things, and um, I think everyone maybe has that to a fault because I think of myself, and I'm I'm a big sneakerhead, mm. um, and I've got you know I've got shoes out the door, which again is it materialistic, sure, but it's something that I enjoy. Um, I don't do it for anybody else. I don't do it to like show off. Um, you know, like I, I, I'm a big Michael Jordan fan. I've got a lot of Jordans yes. and, it's, and it's for, it's for myself. Um, 
and you know you work hard and some people collect cars you know some people collect you know whatever it may be um in a sense is it materialistic sure um but i I think that's okay um but you know you kind of look back and you think of you know your back to your question you know what is your your low point and i um you know i want to say it was kind of when i was figuring myself out just in terms of where i wanted to be in life um and i think you know we kind of talked about this off air you know i uh, when I moved back into Minneapolis, I was uh, working downtown, kind of in a sales role, and I was just like, you know, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, in hindsight, the goal was, you know, you can make money in sales. Let's do this. You know, and money was kind of the priority. That was the driving factor. Um, but I didn't find happiness behind that because the money was there. And, um, you know, kind of even further into that time, um, you know, going out on the weekends and, you know, having a couple of drinks with your friends, that was you know, kind of what you looked forward to on the weekends. And I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I was, you know, just getting through the week just to, to get to the weekend and, and, you know, go out and have a good time. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm so glad that I'm past that stage. You know, I, you know, having a, having a casual drink here and there is, you know, fine, but have a good know, time. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm off with that. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, kick back too often these days, but yeah. you know, um, I think that because now you're living your passion, you're setting, you have that energy, you're exactly. impacting kids. And when you do go out, especially if it gets a little too late, like yep. it starts to impact what you're doing. For sure. So exactly. That, it's not that those things are bad. I mean, you want to yeah. go have a good time with your friends and stuff, but right. when you're in the sales role, it wasn't really taken away from what you were doing. No, I could I could wake up back on Monday, you know, yeah. I'm eight, I'm nine to five back at it and, and it didn't impact me at all. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I kind of found out where I wanted to go, my path my passion, my purpose. And then I was able to, you know, kind of reconstruct my lifestyle in a sense. Um, and like I said, I don't, I don't look forward to the weekends now. It's, you know, every single day I wake up and I go to the gym and I'm excited. I'm happy to be there. Um, so, t- so when did you like make the decision to get out of sales or was it just a steady, like, God, I gotta get out of here. Um, I want to say after the first year, because you know you can't you can't decommit to something after you know a short short while. You know I I saw it through for a little while, um, and but after that first year, you know the money came in and it was you know I was making you know decent money, um, but I just wasn't happy. And and every single day I'm like, well, you know here I am, and it was just so methodical. You know I was just making it through the week, like I said. Um, and then I started, you know, questioning. I'm like, you know, what do I want to do? Um, and then I really kind of had that, um, you know, coming to myself moments where, you know, I, I realized some of the things that I did in the past and, you know, what I found pleasure in, where I found happiness. Um, because before I went into that sales role, I was uh, actually back in Wisconsin, uh, my head football coach. Uh, when I was in high school, reached out. He said, "Hey, I just took a new job at this new school. You know, you want to come down and coach?" And I'm like, "You know, you know, I'm fresh out of fresh out of college. My my playing career is kind of done." And I was like, "Sure." Um, so I coached, and then I uh, had the chance to get a position at the high school, and I essentially worked with uh, the the bad kids in the school. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> so essentially, uh, I don't know, want you call it a behavior interventionalist or. Um, essentially, if a kid got kicked out of class, they had to come see me. Um, if a kid Man. was in, in school suspension, you know, they were with me the whole day. Um, that must have really worked on your patience. And you know, and that's, and that's, I think that's where I built a lot of my patience. I think that I've always been kind of a patient guy. 
but you know, it truly was tested there. And it's funny because, you know, the teachers and, and the principals at the school, they were like, you know, Michael, what you do here is is phenomenal. Because um, <laughs> like I said, if if if, uh, if the teachers couldn't deal with them, I had to deal with them in a <laughs> sense. Um, and that's where I learned that I had, you know, a, I don't want to call it a gift, but, you know, I was able to connect with people at a different level. Um, and I look at the school that I was at and it was, uh, you know, in a poor, poor city, um, 85% low income housing. Um, you know, I was predominantly, uh, it had a good mix in terms of the demographic of the school, but a lot of the, the issues with the kids were black kids. And then the school that I was at, I want to say that I was one of two or three, you know, black staff members in the school. Oh, wow. So I was able to connect on that level, just, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to resonate, you know, and and connect. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think think that's important, you know, to have, you know, staff members that look like you in schools. Well, just have a similar culture. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Um, And then, like I said, it's, it's essentially comes back to that no like trust. Like these kids knew me. They liked me. They trusted me, so they were going to listen to what I had to say. So I was able to, you know, come back, break these kids down. It's like, hey, you know, what were you doing in class? Why'd you get kicked out? And I'm like, okay, well, maybe you could have gone about it this way. And they're like, oh, yeah, maybe I could have. And then, you know, listening to how the teacher may have been communicating with them, like, okay, maybe they shouldn't have been communicating with you like that. Yeah. Um, and that's when I kind of learned that I had a gift to, to connect with people, um, and especially younger, you know, that younger generation. Um and then obviously, I, I I bring that with me today. Um, and then, um, that's so interesting, though. Just quickly to dive into that point, because like sometimes people have excuses for how life turned out, and sometimes like kids have problems with their teachers. And, yeah. But sometimes those points are valid. Like no, sometimes, yeah. yeah, the things that have happened to you are very valid. Absolutely. But at the same time, you still have to instill the mindset, like we still have to act better. We yep. still have to take ownership of what we do. For sure. And that's got to be hard to tell these young kids. No, it is. And it's because um, you never want to, you know, you can't be in that situation where you're like, yeah, the teacher was wrong. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, but they have to understand they can't react a certain way. Um, and obviously they control their actions and their actions have consequences. Um, but yeah, I think, um, you know, in the school systems, there's really not that time or there's not that availability for students to kind of give their feedback in a sense. Cause like I said, the teacher's always right. Um, yeah. so like I said, I kind of had a, a, a different point of view than some of the teachers in a sense. So I was able to connect, you know, make those, you know, connections with, you know, relationships with these students and then, you know, teach them, you know, that's, that's not the way to go about things. And, um, no, like trust, man. Yep, that's exactly, good. man. Exactly. That's, I mean, that's a great skill and a standpoint that kind of pursued you forward to just get from that yep. short time in your life. And then you jump out to California after that? No. So, so, yeah, so I went from, you know, at the school for a couple of years. Uh, I was downtown Minneapolis doing the sales for a couple of years. And then oh, okay, yeah. I actually, uh, that's when Ryan and I connected. So this is how I kind of got, you know, back into the the performance world. Um, so it was after the school, kind of while you were in sales is when you and Ryan yep. connected? So after I was in sales, Ryan and I connected and he's like, hey, you know, I'd love to have you on in some capacity. How can we make this work? And I'm like, 
sweet, I'm looking to get out of this. You know, how can we make this work? And we connected. And at that time, you know, going out to Menominee, Wisconsin was the, uh, the facility that had a need. And he's like, you know, how do you feel about going out there? And I was like, you know, I'm willing to do whatever to get my foot in the door. Um, cause this is, you know, this is what I want to do. Um, so, you know, we came to agreement. I went out to Menominee. Uh, so you just took a leap out of sales and you were like, yeah, I'm in. I jumped. I jumped, man. There's something to be said about that, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, but like I said, if you're, if you're passionate about, if you have a passion, pursue it. Um, you know, things, things will align themselves somehow, you know, you, you, you find a way to make things work. Um, and essentially that's what we did. You know, Menominee wasn't going to be a long-term fit for me. It turned out to be a longer stay than expected. And that's kind of how I proceeded and, and ended up in California for a year. California. Uh, yeah, man. That was, that was, uh, an experience that I, you know, I, I have zero regrets about. And it's, it's funny cause how it happened was so spontaneous. Um, cause like I said, I, I, I knew I wanted to be with ETS long-term, but I reached out to Ryan and I was like, Hey, you know. I've been here for a year and we don't, we didn't necessarily have a time frame of when this next facility was going to open up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was getting very antsy in Menominee. I'm not sure if you've ever been there, not too much to do. Um, <laughs> and you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't have, you know, my kind of community around in a sense. Um, I didn't have any friends around, uh, you know, obviously my family's down in Southern Wisconsin. Young twenties, um, just in the middle of nowhere. In the middle like, of nowhere. Sounds brutal. Yeah, it, 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 it was, uh, Again, another thing that kind of tested tested my patience, uh, tested my character. But um, like I said, everything happens for a reason. Um, and it's funny because I, I was able to kind of, uh, when, I, when I lived out there, I stayed with one of uh, kind of Ryan's associates. They knew each other. Okay. Um, he actually played for the Vikings. Great guy, you know, super happy that he let me stay with him. He had a house. Um, but that was kind of my only outlet because Menominee UW Stouts there and I wasn't going to live in some kind of college housing. Um, (laughs) And like I said, we weren't too sure how long I was going to be out there. So it was kind of an easy, you know, plug in place spot for me to stay. Um, But there was no cable, there was no internet and I barely got cell phone service reception. Oh my God. (laughs) So like I said, it was a very long year. Um, And like I said, we got to that year mark and uh, you know, we just didn't have quite a picture of when, you know, I'd be, you know, moving on to that next spot, like I said, kind of uh, into that director role of a new facility. Um, and then my brother and I connected and, you know, we just kind of randomly threw it out there. We're like, let's move to California. <laughs> you and Kenny? Uh, yep. Yep. Yes. Um, so, you know, he, him and his uh, homeboy, Tim, you know, they actually had lived out there previously, so reached out to uh, their old landlord. We were able to kind of get a house, and then within like three weeks of us kind of having that idea, they moved out there, and I was coming out, you know, within the next couple of weeks, and it was, like I said, kind of spontaneous. That's amazing. So you were living with Kenny out in California. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hold on. Is he playing video games? He is. Dude, yep. for a living. Yep. So he's a, he's a YouTuber. He creates content. Um, and it's, it's remarkable to say the least when you know what he's doing and how that kind of transpired. And it's, you know, the fact that he's doing that and fully committed to it is, it's huge. It's awesome to see. Um, I was very hesitant about it when he initially told me about it. Right. Um, you know, but he fully committed and, you know, he's doing it, he's living it and it's, he's you know, killing it, it, isn't he? He is. Yeah. 
Um, you know, that's, that's how he makes his living. Um, wow. and it's, it's very cool to see. And I'm a, I'm a proud brother. Cause like I said, it's, it's an avenue that's, there's no security yet, in a sense. Yeah. Um, and that was my concern. I'm like, you know, finish your degree, you know, get a job. But then, you know, like I said, looking at him now, I'm like, absolutely a hundred percent, you know, do what you can with it. Cause obviously, you know, there's going to be a time where you're not going to be able to do it anymore. So, you know, enjoy why you're doing it now, you know. He took advantage of an opportunity. He did, and he, he just ran with it. Yeah, he's right. killing it. Dude, I have a funny story about that. I I was one time, I've never been really on Twitch before. I was mm. playing video games just like four years ago. Yeah. And I just turned off my Xbox, and Twitch was there, so I popped it up, and the first dude on there was no way. Kenny Walker. <laughs> I'm like, yo, I think I know. I think that's Kenny. So I'm just sitting there like for five minutes. Is that, is that yeah. Kenny? I called him, <laughs> and he answered on the no Twitch. No way. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm calling him, and I'm talking Unreal. to him on the Twitch. While thing. you're watching him. That's crazy. Yeah. That was so funny. <laughs> so just to see Kenny do that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, man. I know, and it's unreal just to see, like I said, how far he's come because you know how the athletes that, you know, obviously they know me. Um, but then there may be some connection because I know I think Kenneth put my my highlight tape on his uh, YouTube page, you know, years ago. Dang. And they're like, wait, you're that Walker's brother? I'm like, well, he's my brother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bro, you're talking about my right, younger right. brother. <laughs> my younger brother. Yeah. And like, oh, my God, you know, that's so cool. And I'm like, you know, it's unreal to see, you know, kind of the popularity that he's gained and, you know, this generation that sits and watches YouTube and, you know, his content and it's, you know, even out in California, you know, we had kids come up to us when we were at, uh, you know, restaurants, but like, Oh my gosh, you know, it's that Walker. And I'm like, you know, all right. You know? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, That's no, and it's, it's super cool. And I think, you know, like I said, it's kind of that proud brother moment. He, uh, he came up and visited me when I was living downtown um, a few years, years back and we went to a Timberwolves game and, you know, this little kid kind of inched up to us. And he was like, hey, are you, are you that walker? He's like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, can I get a picture with you? No and way. I'm sitting there. I've got this big grin on my face. I'm like, oh, that's my brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's, it's super cool to see. And I'm so proud of him. And it's, um, you know, what he's doing, it's so outside of the box. And, and you know, good for him. Absolutely. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's wild that people pay money to sit and watch no. video games. Bro. Unreal. Like, what? like, obviously, he's a personality and he's yep. funny. And for sure. It's a show. For sure. It but is. But still, man. Yeah. Because I remember it took me a while to, to watch what he did. Because he obviously told me, I'm like, I don't know what you do. But then I watched it. I'm like, okay, there, you know, there's some entertainment in this. And I'm sure, like I said, for those younger you know, that younger generation that plays and, and does, you know, similar things that he does when he's playing, you know, on the game, you know, it's, I'm sure it's, it's fun for them. Um, and it's, it's cool for me to just see him because, you know, growing up, he was, you know, a shy kid, not very social. Super shy. Right. And then you see him, he's on freaking YouTube in front of, you know, thousands of viewers and. <laughs> yeah, dude, doesn't he have like hundreds of thousands of subscribers on there? Yeah. I want to say he's closing in on like 300,000. Um, you know, it's unreal. Dude, yeah, and that's funny because Kenny was shy. Like yeah, he was, right? you know, you couldn't, you had to pull it out of him for when sure. And, that, and that's how he always was. But now, like I said, I think, you know, being in front of the camera and, and you know, obviously him growing up just in general has helped. Um, but even when we're together, he's social. Um, you know, we've we've gone out and, and caught a couple of drinks, and you know, I'm like, wait, hold on, who is it? Who is this guy that's you know engaging with you know strangers and and you know dancing and having a good time? I'm like, well, you know, it's it's super cool to. You know, kind of see where he's come from, from where he was. So, 
It's that Walker, man. Yeah, it's that Walker. It is that Walker. It's crazy. So what was it like uh, out in California, man? How was your year about year out there, right? Yeah, no, it was good, and it's it was scary. It was a jump of faith in a sense. Um, you know, moving out, not knowing anybody, um, and I knew, you know, I was just kind of kind of find a find a private facility that I was gonna be able to rent gym space and build clients, and because that's what I did. Um, put out know, content too. Yeah, you know, that, I think you know, just putting out content, you know, helped a lot. But um, you know, obviously, I just did you know personal training and essentially created my own brand. And um, like I said, it's it's a scary jump, not knowing anybody and kind of starting from scratch and you know, you know, reaching out and trying to you know get clients in. Um, luckily, I picked a picked a facility that had some good foot traffic just in terms of the location of the gym yeah that's big um but yeah it's definitely a lot of a lot of leg work and you know you're like gosh i need to get my clients up but you know i had a good i had a good base and you know was able to to stay comfortable and it was you know it's an experience and um you know it was something that i wanted to do more so for myself just get outside of the midwest yeah um because i knew if i didn't do it you know, kind of then I never would. Cause I knew, like I said, you know, long-term, you know, I was going to be with ETS and, you know, it's a grind and, you know, um, yeah, I'm going to be in one place for a long time. Um, so the fact that I was able to get out, you know, experience something outside of the Midwest was huge for me. Um, definitely a lot of growth. What'd you like about California? Uh, I mean, you can't beat the weather. Um, the the sun. Yeah. That's, you know, every single day it was sunny, you know, even in, you know, January, February, it's 65 degrees, the sun's out, you can't beat it. Um, Do you any traveling around there? Oh, uh, yeah, not, I mean, not too much. I stayed kind of in the, the southern, southern Cal area, Sandy, I love San Diego, got oh, down man. there a number of times, that's probably my favorite, favorite place that I've been so far. Um, LA is super cool, obviously very crowded, um, and then, you know, we hit up a number of the beaches, Huntington Beach, uh, Laguna Beach, obviously down to Venice. Um, but you know, just experiencing those things and kind of living that for a little while was pretty cool. Yeah, it sounds just like a great growth period for you. Yeah, it was. Check out the world, man. It was. It's such sure. important. And you were able to grow your brand. I mean, doing the training, yep. putting out the content and stuff like that. That's probably been pretty good to get the following too. Yeah, I mean, that was fun. Um, obviously not something that I foresaw myself doing. Yeah. Um, but but like I said, you just kind of jump into it. You kind of put. You know, you bet on yourself in a sense, um, because if if you fail, you're not making money, right? So yeah. <laughs> you kind of go out there and you you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about you know how business works in a sense, um, you know, and it's and it's 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 tough. Uh, like I said, you, you, it's definitely a learning curve. Yeah. Um, but you know what I took out of that is is. Uh, you know, experiences that I'm, you know, obviously going to use to grow and continue to, to better myself. And yeah, what'd you learn about business and like training? What were the big takeaways? Um, you know, how to effectively communicate with people because essentially it's sales. Yeah. Similar. Selling yourself. Exactly. Um, learning how to communicate, you know, what do people want to hear? You know, what's that trigger that's going to get them to train with you? You know, they don't know me, you know, they don't, you know, I don't have, you know, essentially a whole business behind me. I'm new to the area. Um, and again, I, it circles back to that no like trust. Yeah, uh, man. <laughs> and 
um, you know, I learned a lot about, you know, building relationships from scratch and, um, and obviously retaining clients is a big thing. So obviously making sure that your training is good. They're seeing the results. Yeah. Um, and obviously that's tough because, you know, they see me two or three times a week. But if they're outside of the gym, you know, eating BS and not taking care of themselves, they're not necessarily going to see the results. So for sure, again, learning how to effectively communicate. And, um, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things that I took out of that. How was it to monitor their eating and nutrition? Because you're training them. Yeah. But obviously, as we both know, nutrition is humongous. Yeah, it's 24-7, right? Yeah. So, like, how do you... Were you kind of checking in with them every day? How were you keeping progress on them? Yep. Um, so, I had them download just a basic nutrition app, you know, and it's more so just educating them on, you know, you're not going to see the results if you're not eating correctly. Yeah. Um, education is the, is the biggest thing. And, um, you know trying to have them measure out their food. It's, yeah, track it's like their pull, macros. Yeah, it's like pulling teeth, trying to get them to track their macros. But as long as they're conscious of what they're putting in their body, um, they're going to see some progress. Um, yeah. Because I had, you know, I had one client, she, uh, she's like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I ate well today. Um, I'm like, you know, what'd you eat? She's like, oh, I didn't have too much, but I just had a, a quarter pounder from McDonald's and that was it. I'm like, <laughs> you know, face palm moment. I'm like, oh that, that's God. not going to cut it. And that she, was it, she said? You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we're we're not doing this right. So again, it's you know, it's it's definitely a learning curve because obviously there's there's for somebody that doesn't understand nutrition, there's kind of a lot that goes into it. So much. Um, but like I said, you kind of break it down in layman's terms and you know ways that they can understand and comprehend, and that's where you're really going to get some ad- adherence to it. Um, and I think that's you know with training in general. Yep. Um, you know, you can't be throwing out huge words that they're like, I don't, I don't know what that means. And things just go over their heads. So you break it down in simple terms, you know, tell them, try to, you know, get your carbs in around your workout, you know, get your proteins in your fats are important, but the types of fats, you know, obviously play a role. Um, so yeah, you know, obviously trying to break it down in as simplest terms possible is, dude, is getting people <laughs> to track macros. It's oh, like, it's, it's so hard, it's but it's teeth. like, dude, just try it for one week. So right. you'll get like 20% of people who are just like, all right, this is addicting. Like mm-hmm. I can exactly see. And then some yeah. people won't, but the education, like you're exactly. saying, if you just do it for one week, for sure, you'll learn about the foods you eat, yep. what the makeup is. It makes a huge difference for sure. And then you're more conscious of it. Um, cause I've even, I mean, I've, I've got friends that are always like, you know, can you give me a meal program? I'm like, well, you know, I'll break your macros down for you, give you a general idea, but it's your job to, you know, track it. And, you know, two days later, like, yeah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I tried. Yeah, we tried to do this, right. You can just give them tips, man, like different foods to exactly. eat. And it's, yeah, it's hard. You got to take ownership. Though. It is. And, it, and it's and it's always tough when it's your friends. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, come on, man. Right. Because, yeah. you know, obviously they know you in a different light. Yeah. And they don't necessarily take everything you say serious, but... You know, you, you kind of take you with with your friends. Yeah. You take a lot of that with a grain of salt, and yeah, for sure, it is what it is. I think that's awesome, man. I'm working on actually working on like a nutrition 101 guide, just like nice. a 30 35 page ebook, just to break it all down, for like sure. to simplify, you know, mm-hmm. macronutrients, protein timing, right. just like freaking give people the information so for sure. they can't use these excuses like, oh, I just had one McDonald's. <laughs> I'm straight today. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, what? Yeah, because I feel like there's so much information that's out there. And there's so many different avenues and there's so many different diets and you oh know, there's so God. much BS Yeah, that there needs, like I said, if, if you've got something simple, clear cut, give them a general outline, you know, that's what people are going to follow. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, you get it. Well, and I'm, I'm such a big proponent of fasting mm-hmm. and it's so important in my life, but 
fasting for people who are healthy and understand what fasting means. Like, right. That doesn't mean you restrict yourself and then you can eat whatever you want for, for eight sure. hours and then you yep. think you're healthy. And like, that's what I think. I feel like that's what ninety percent of people think. Like, yeah. oh, I, you know, I had you know Wingstop yesterday with a Coke and then I had some ice cream. I'm gonna fast tomorrow. Yeah. Like, mm, and then I had put a little like cream that. in my coffee. Right. I have a diet Coke. All <laughs> yep. good. That there's no calories. It doesn't work like that. No, it's wild. <laughs> but yeah, that's. <laughs> I could talk about that stuff all right. day. It's so for sure. Funny. But um, all right, man. I mean, probably got to get you out of here pretty soon. Yeah. But let's uh, any books or any you know podcasts or stuff that you're listening to that people might appreciate and or valuable content. Oh out man. There. Um. So I listen to a lot of, like I said, strength and conditioning podcasts. Yeah. Um, like I said, PJ PJF Performance is one that I listen to uh, quite a bit. And uh, those names that I listed earlier, and even even short ones. There's there's a guy by the name of uh, Ramsum Nijum Ramsey Ooh. Nijum. He's on uh, Instagram, and he actually just started this um, snippet of he calls it Coffee with Coach. Ooh, yeah, okay. and it's it's three to six minutes. You're getting you know some foundational knowledge of either recovery, performance, you know, injury prevention. And especially for someone that's just looking for you to kind of get their feet in there, I think that's an awesome starting spot. So um, puts out quick little videos or yeah, podcasts. Yeah, it's a, it's a quick little video. Um, you can do like those Instagram TV. video, yeah, Instagram yeah. TV videos. Yeah, and like I said, it's three three to six minutes. He does them. I don't know a couple times a week maybe. Um, and it's quick. You're able to you know retain some of that knowledge because you're not sitting listening to something that's kind of over your head. He breaks it down in simplest terms. Um. And I think for anyone looking to just kind of get their feet wet, I think that's an awesome spot to start. What was his name again? Uh, Ramsey Nigel. Ramsey Nigel. Yep, huh? and he uh, he actually was a strength and conditioning coach for the Sacramento Kings, and I think now he's with uh, Kansas basketball team. Okay. Um, so he's one that I look at. Um, like I said, Corey uh, Schlesinger, he's also another guy on Instagram that puts out creative content, thinks outside the box, um, does a lot of critical thinking. Um, and, uh, you know, he's, I've, I've actually, I think my last video on Instagram was a, a replica of one of the movements that he put in and I'm like, wow. Was it the one where you go going the, back? The kettlebell toss. That yep. thing was sweet, yeah, bro. Yeah, no, and then, it, cause it's, it's rhythm, it's timing, it's, it's relaxing and contracting and, yeah. you know, like I said, that's so outside of the box, but then you think of it in a practical sense, you know, that's what sports are. Yeah. Right. And that's, you know, he's got a lot of that content, um, being able to engage and grab movements and yep. like get in different positions. For sure, for sure. And obviously, you know, it's up the kinetic chain because, you know, from, from that, that one exercise, you know, it's from the foot, you know, quad to the opposite sling of the oblique. And it's, you know, I, I never would have thought of that. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, so he, he's, he's somebody that I look at from a creative standpoint. Um, but from books, um, you know, the number one book that I suggest for all athletes is Relentless by Tim Grover. Ooh, I've heard that one recommended a few times. Oh, now. my gosh. And it's because, I mean, he looks at the mental aspect of sports in general. And, and you know, you can take it for, for any avenue of business, whatever it may be. Um, and he talks about uh, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, and just their their mental um, side of sports and you know, why they were successful. And um, like I said, you can take that across any spectrum of, of business, whatever it may be. And obviously, like I said, athletes, if you're serious about, you know, you know what you're doing, 
I, I suggest that it's very motivating. Um, it's no BS. That's what I was going to say. I heard it's like really no BS and like, well, this is what it takes. It is. And it's like, cut. you're going to have to sacrifice for sure to get there. Exactly. And, and I think that's, you know, if you're not willing to sacrifice, you know, you, you shouldn't set your expectations too high. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's one of those things where we see athletes all the time, you know, I want to be a D1 athlete. Okay. What are you doing? Right. Because, you know, things like that don't happen by chance. Work hard is a requirement. It's like, what are you willing to sacrifice on the weekend? Exactly. Are you exactly. willing to sacrifice getting food, food and thinking about you know, your next meal yep. and then thinking about going out with your friends or going on that vacation or For spending sure. that week training? Like, yeah, because it, it's, it's so simple. Like, you know, we hear all the time, you know, well, you know what, I've got, I've got practice and then I've got schoolwork. We're like, okay, everyone has that. Are you willing to do what it's going to take you know, to put yourself out there above you know, those other athletes or not? In a yeah. sense, and it, you know, you're gonna sacrifice your time. You're gonna sacrifice, you know, hanging out with your friends. And you know, if you don't have that commitment, then you're gonna have to lower your standards a little bit. Because, like I said, it takes it takes a lot to become, you know, the top of your craft in a sense. And I can totally relate to that. Growing up, I don't think I made the sacrifice I wanted it. Mm-hmm. I felt like I worked pretty hard, but I didn't make any sacrifices right. that were necessary to For be sure. where I wanted to be. Like. I think I had plenty enough talent to, you know, pursue myself right way further than I was. Yep. But you know, it takes education for sure. But it does sacrifice for sure because talent can take you only so far. Yeah. Because once that adversity hits, you know, and if you're not used to putting in that hard work, you know, you're you're going to be out of luck. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You look at guys like Rob Gronkowski or like Christian McCaffrey, who are super talented, no mm-hmm. question. But they grew up in households that were live and breathe football for training sure. yep proper nutrition yeah. you're doing the right thing yep. your mindset's right like yeah there's no way those guys weren't going to be successful exactly you know yep because i mean i look at myself and i knew i knew it was going to take a lot of hard work um you know i was at a small school so a i already had my back up against the wall um in high school but you know it kind of started for me in eighth grade i was like i know i need to get in the weight room so i got into the weight room did i know what i was doing absolutely not but I was in there and I was working hard mm. but you know that's not that's only going to get you so far so that, and that's when it comes back to you know you need to make sure you're around the right people that know their stuff um and have a plan because obviously there's a there's a systematic way to to train properly yes um, because working harder is not always working smarter um, Love it. you need to make sure you're getting to ETS and working out yeah, with Mike Walker exactly exactly um, um yeah, for anyone who doesn't follow Mike, gotta go follow him, go check him out. I mean, doing amazing things. Go check out ETS and keep following this dude on his journey. Absolutely. Um, two more questions yep. for you, Mike. First one is do you kind of have just like a little why statement or is there, you know, is there anything that you really want to get accomplished, you know, in the future? Oh man. Um, and that's such a huge question. And I look because I look back kind of how I ended up where I'm at. And it's funny because I look back at my brother and I was always, we were always very competitive. I was, you know, I'm better than you, Kenneth. Um, But, you know, the, the kind of light that, that, that clicked was we were in college and I wanted to see him succeed so bad that I didn't care that I was on the field. Cause I've, we both played running back and, you know, Mm -hmm. at St. Cloud, we, you know, kind of did a three head monster um, you know, obviously my junior and senior year, I, I carried the load, but when I was off the field, I'm like, do your thing, Kenneth. And I think, you know, seeing him succeed gave me so much happiness. And that's when I finally realized, you know, 
being able to help somebody else and, you know, see someone else succeed is what fulfills me. And that's mm-hmm. when, you know, like I said, I got to Beloit, Beloit Memorial High School. That's the school in Wisconsin I was at. You know, I was working with those athletes and I wanted to see them succeed so much. And I'm like, wow, you know, this is this is kind of where I started that passion. Um, and then, like I said, unfortunately, money came in. I'm like, oh, well, let me go try to make some money. Yeah. Um, but that's when I was like, you know, I got to get out of this. I, I need to go get back into something that makes me happy. And, and working with athletes, you know, being being that person that they can go to and seeing them succeed is what really fills me. And I feel like that's, you know, that's my purpose is to, you know, mentor these athletes, work with them, um, you know, pass along this passion that I've, I've you know, had lit for so long with sports and, and obviously into the performance world now. Um, and I think it's it's so important to have, you know, I call it the the three Ps. You know, I think in business they've got their own, but I've I've kind of found mine and it's it's passion, purpose, and then peace. Um, mm. And my passion has always been sports. It's been performance. You know, that's that's what I love, love to do. Um, but then, like I said, that's when I found my purpose is to pass that along and to uplift and motivate and inspire, um, you know, these, these younger athletes that are, you know, in the shoes that I were in a while back. And then peace is, is you know, you need to find something that you're able to decompress, you know, you know, come home, you know, you find your, your safe zone in a sense. And it could be anything. Like for me, um, you know, like music, I sit and listen to music, you know, even even for me, like my personal training, like me lifting is, is part of my peace. Yes. Um, you know, I used to draw. I used to draw. I'm not sure if you knew. I actually started off as a graphic design major. What? Uh, yep, I didn't know yep. that. Um, so that's you know that's something that I used to do as, as part of my piece. I think you need to find something that um, you're able to creatively let your mind go and uh, kind of get away from the day to day. And I think you know you find those three P's, you're gonna be happy. Passion, purpose, and peace. Yep. That's amazing, man. And the story with your brother, I mean, that's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, give to receive. Yep. Dude, that's exactly. wanting exactly. your brother to see it. And I got to see that. I mean, Kenny right. was coming up. Man. That's really cool. For sure. And kind of got the passion into the purpose here. Yep. Um, well, I got one more question for you, yep. Mike. And I just want to say thanks for coming on, dude. Absolutely. Thanks for really. having me, man. Dude, I appreciate you. I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate the energy you're putting out in the world. And this mission and purpose that you're going on, it's important. It is. And I'm really grateful, you know, to have that and to have you on, man. I appreciate that, man. All right, buddy. Last question. So, you know, let's say you got some athletes here. Yeah. You never work with them. You know, they only get to hear three things from Mike Walker. Um, for whatever reason, you don't get to see these people again. Yeah. You just got this, these young athletes. They don't know much about the world. Mm-hmm. What are, you know, a few things or three things to help them live happy, healthy, and you know, kind of fulfill those dreams. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I kind of circle back to even those three P's. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, those are the, the three things that I would offer up to them. Um, but, you know, I think it's, I think it's important to find, you know, set a goal, you know, find out your goal. Um, I think it's easy to be influenced by others in terms of, you know, who you are and what you want to be. But I think it's important to kind of reflect and find out what's, what your goal is um, individually. Um, I think it's important to commit, um, you know, commit to that goal um, and then work relentlessly to, to make that goal a reality. Uh, you know, hard Oof. work, dedication, um, you know, you're gonna go through the trials and tribulations, um, 
you know but I think it's important like I said you know those three things you you find your identity set a goal and work relentless towards it that's amazing Mike yeah. it's an honor buddy my man I appreciate All right. it appreciate Woo! you Yeah, through a podcast, yeah. right? All right. Yeah, Crazy. dude. Good for you. It's awesome, man. I think people take a lot of value from it. Hopefully. Yeah. Like my hope for the, I guess the whole thing is like for people who are out there who aren't living, doing the things they want to do, that's what I want. Like they hear you come on and be like, dude, I was doing sales. Mm-hmm. Like I want, I want to go do my thing. For sure. You know, and maybe they just need that push to be yeah. like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, let's go. Right. You know? For sure. Or get a couple of health nuggets too. And always yeah. <laughs> live a little healthier. Right. Oh man, that's awesome.